Amen. Well, we're just ready to, to have a good time in the Lord here tonight. Amen. Let's just go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you. We magnify your name tonight. Lord, we give you all the glory, the praise for who you are, for all you've done. Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Oh, who lives big inside of each and every one of us. Lord, thank you that we are not alone, not helpless, not without comfort, not without strength. For your spirit abides on the inside now of each and every one here. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the very presence of your spirit. Lord, that works mightily, not, not, not just to us, but through us. Lord, thank you that you work through us, through us. Thank you, Lord, that you're not working just independent of us, but we're working together. We're, we're in the same game here. Oh, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord. What a good God you are. We magnify you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What a good God you are. Praise your name. Praise your name. And thank you, Lord, that by your Spirit we see, we see, we see so clearly. We see even those things that are to come. Thank you that by your Spirit we see and we know that we have overcome. We see and we know all things by the Spirit of God that lives in us. Thank you that he shows us, as the Word says, things to come. And so, Lord, we just look to you tonight. We position ourselves to see. We position ourselves to, to understand, to know, to walk in all that you have for us. Lord, leaving nothing aside. Oh, but in your spirit now. In the spirit, Lord. In the spirit we see. In the spirit we live. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in us now. Praise God for opening eyes to see. Lord, giving us ears that can hear what thus saith the Lord. And Lord, we're here to hear from you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for what you do. Thank you, Lord, for what you do in us. Praise God. We give you all the glory. We honor you and bless you tonight. We praise your name. Nothing could be desired more than, a, than God. I mean, when, you, when you, we really recognize it, than God moving through you better than fame and fortune or any kind of natural accolade of men uh, when a person experiences God moving through them and that's available to all that's not just a select few it's not just God picks a few here and there to use uh, he wants to use everybody amen he wants to use us yay God and I believe he's called us together I mean the word of the Lord was partly in there but he's called us together for a time, for a purpose, for a reason, in a season, <laughs> so that we can be together. I mean, we weren't always together, but here we are, now, it's in the spring, but spiritually speaking, the season may not have a name called spring, you know, might not be limited to three months, you know what I'm talking about, but spiritually speaking, God has brought us together. Why? For a purpose. For a purpose. Amen. And no one plays an insignificant role, but all 
of us together as we offer ourselves as vessels. And we say, Lord, use me however you want to. Behind the scenes, front of the scenes, the side of the scenes, wherever, however, to do something I want to do, to do something I don't want to do. That's not the issue. The issue is, Lord, use me. Move through me. That ought to be our heart's desire. How many understand most of the world's problems would go away if we stopped living for ourselves? <laughs> Just like that. Oh, yeah. But we start living and putting our own plans, our own interests. Not that the Lord's not interested in what we're interested in, but we just don't make that the guiding force. The reason that we get up in the day is for our own pleasure and for our own accomplishments or something that we... No, I really do live for Him. It's, that, it's the person that loses his life in that sense that God is able to bring the fullness of his life out of. Remember, that's kind of what we're all about here. Our, one of our, our big thrusts and emphasis is the life of God. Life church refers to not a church with people who are breathing, but refers to a quality of life that God intends for all of his children. And he's made us aware of this so that lives can come up. And we talk about what he's promised. We talk about what Jesus accomplished on the cross. We talk about... uh, good and perfect gifts that come from above. We can talk about many, many of the things that would enhance a life or bring it to a higher level in, in, in quality to be like His. But how many know the, the access point there is simply a laying down of our lives and a taking of His life. It is the divine exchange. It, uh, amen. It is a daily, it's not only the position and the, and the reception by faith of Jesus in the finished work. It is the daily laying down and living with a continually renewed attitude and mindset that I'm living for Him. That my life consists of and is completely wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Him. And it's that attitude that I approach, That and I say I, I don't say I do perfect, but that's our commitment. It's that attitude that I approach everything I do with. And that, how many know, is what not only puts us in position for God to do something in us and through us, it all, you know, in this regard, we put ourselves in position to be aware. Because too many times people are so aware and knowledgeable of their life. And they're not aware of God's plans and purposes in His life. But the daily renewing of that attitude that it's all about Him. My life is wrapped up in Him. Whereas Christ, who is my life, as Colossians 3 says, he, that affords us the opportunity to now get the maximum 
out of every natural thing that everyone else is just striving for. They're just trying to get it, trying to get it, and here we are, we give it up, and it gets dropped in our lap. Amen. <laughs> I mean, isn't that kind of what Jesus taught when he taught priority of seeking the kingdom? Remember, seek first the kingdom, and all these things shall be added to you. It's like, don't seek that. Seek this, and I'll drop it in your lap. It's the principle of the kingdom, but you know, how many understand we get caught up in this natural world again and we forget that that's really how things work and so we get in the mode of everyone else around us we're just we're living for us I got a kingdom <laughs> I got a plan I've got visions I've got goals those things will be accomplished as you live for him amen, amen. amen. thank you Lord God is so good so good so good Thank you, Lord. Amen. And God wants us to see these things. He, 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 really, he really wants us to, to become aware. Aware of what? Aware of our own needs? I don't need to become aware of that. That kind of stares you in the face, doesn't it? <laughs> but to purposefully be aware of Him, of the greater call, of the greater purpose, of the greater reason that He has brought us together. There's something bigger than you going on here. There's something bigger than me going on here. There is something more important than your little than your little world. There's something Listen, there's something more important than your problem. <laughs> that sounds kind of callous. <laughs> I'm telling you uh, I'm convinced that seeking and making ourselves available for Him is the solution. You know, it's like it's like uh, the thought that it can be difficult, you know, emotionally for someone to encourage someone else to give. But how many know? Oftentimes, it's the person who loves them because that'll be the that'll be a step of faith that they can take that, that that'll turn their situation around. How do you ask someone to give something up? I imagine it was kind of hard when Jesus dealt with that rich young ruler. When that guy came to him and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, you know, Jesus said, because well, he was under the old covenant still, he said, well, do what Moses told you to do. You know, follow the commands. And, and, and he said, I've done all these. He said, you're, you're missing one thing still. You got we got one issue. He knew he was lacking something. He said, he, he said I want you to sell it all and give it and come follow me how many think that's that's an easy word to give to someone that's not but I've always found it interesting I think it's Mark 10 I might be incorrect on that that address but the Bible says there that Jesus loved him when he told him that he wasn't like ah oh, you rich fool you just living for your stuff he, not like he was kind of irritated with him no absolutely not he loved him enough to tell him something that was like I mean a challenge hmm. and sometimes how many know that is the word it's give it up so you can have it give it give your life up give up quit knock it off stop fussing stop worrying stop striving give it up say Lord I'm here for you 
you and only you, you alone and no one else. My life is in your hand. May your purposes be accomplished in me. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's, let's take a moment and, and get out our Bibles. I don't know about you. I'll speak for me and, I'll speak for me and you. We just love the Lord here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But being mindful of that we're a, a part of something bigger than our own lives. I mean, who wouldn't want that? And we have that opportunity. We're, we're right there. Amen. I, I, remember, I remember telling when we started training our healing teams a um, number of months back, one of the first things I told them was, you are going to see things, you are going to experience miracles that most ministers never see, most pastors, most evangelists never see. And that's already been happening. I mean, from many of the reports I've gotten, people have been praying for the sick, and they've already seen things that, I mean, dramatic healings, dramatic stuff, powerful stuff. And most people, I mean, they've never seen that. But I'm telling you, when we give ourselves to the Lord in a specific and concerted way, He really will use you. (laughs) I mean, He honestly will. I mean, and there's more ways of being used than in healing miracles. That's just one example. Don't get me no, we don't want to just box it up so small there. Uh, but he w- really will use us to do things that we've never even imagined. And uh, praise God. And so we're stepping into some things even more. Let's look over at Second uh, Peter. If you're new to a believer's meeting, well, this is uh, kind of what we do. We just endeavor to, we just endeavor to follow the Spirit, step by step, all the way through the service until we're done, and uh, we come with no predetermined agenda or plan, unless occasionally the Lord will drop something in my heart. But uh, I think I, over the last year, or since almost a year, um, I've only that I can recall now. I can only recall one time coming with a set of notes you know, as far as a message that he gave me that day. Um, but the Lord speaks to us repeatedly and helps us uh, to know what he's saying and what he's doing. And for the believer that is mindful and that is desirous of the kingdom of God, first and foremost, um, these can be quite valuable to keep, I don't know, to keep our eyes in the right place and, and for direction to come and answers to come. Amen. Second uh, Peter, chapter two. Let's read verse nineteen. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed. Let me know it's a good idea to heed what thus saith the Lord. Whether it's thus saith the Lord in your in your heart, in the of course first and foremost in the written word, what thus saith the Lord through somebody else. He said, you do well. That means you do not well if you ignore it. Don't ignore what God is saying. That's bad. God's not uh, just talking. I mean, some of us might be that way. I'm not really that way. But some of you might might be that way where you just talk and talk and talk and don't really say anything. You don't have to raise your hand. But you know someone like that? If you don't know anyone like that? 
it is you. <laughs> but I'm telling you, when the Lord talks, you know, it's like E.F. Hutton. <laughs> if you remember those old commercials, when E.F. Hutton talks, what happened? People listen. <laughs> and uh, w- when the Lord is talking, we do well to uh, take heed to it. All right, you do well to take heed as a as a light shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. No prophecy of you guys not in the right place. Chapter one, chapter one, nineteen, and now we're in verse twenty. <laughs> been lagging behind for a whole verse already (laughs) probably didn't hear a thing I said you've been looking all over for what I was reading (laughs) I need to go back and start over (laughs) no verse 20 (laughs) knowing this first that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation in other words when God speaks he has an intended purpose in what he's saying he's not just talking uh and therefore, I can't just do with it whatever I want to do. I must seek what did he mean? What was he intending to say when he was speaking? Because how many know there's a whole lot of private interpretation going on? In other words, we take it for whatever fits our circumstance or fits our, is convenient for us sometimes. We want to fit the Word of God into our lives instead of fitting our lives into the Word of God. We make it mold and shape instead of us molding and shaping. We maintain our framework of thought and try to squeeze the Word of God into it. You know what I'm saying? Like if your brain is square and the Word of God is round, by the time you're done receiving the Word, the Word is square now too. Because, you, you know, you melted it down and <laughs> watered it down, got it rice and slippery, and uh, squeezed it in there. And you've got some word in you. It just it just doesn't look quite the way it looked ahead before it got into you. I mean, if you were to look at it on the outside, it looked different than when it got in you. And now every time you think about it, it's still square. Every, t- every time you talk about it, it's got this little slant to it. I don't know if you've ever heard someone speak the word. You said, yeah, that is the word, but the way you're saying it just doesn't sound right. And it had to do with the context that they were using it in. It had to do with the spirit about it, the attitude about it. It was like, yeah, we're using the same Bible, but why does it sound so different when you read it? Or really, probably when they quote it (laughs) and in the context in which they use it. Because, again, what they have done is they've adapted the word to themselves instead of adapting themselves to the word. Amen. If you got a, if your brain is square, and the Word of God is round, your brain should end up round. That's the renewing of the mind. <laughs> In other words, we end up thinking like God, not just kind of commingling God's thoughts with our thoughts, and it ends up just kind of a mixture of us and Him. Hmm. To the best of your ability, and commit to this. It's not a magic formula. Poof, it'll happen. But if our commitment is there, that, Lord, when I see something that's different, I'm adjusting. I'm changing so that I think like you do. 
lest I become guilty of adjusting the word to fit my life, to fit my preferences, to fit my past, to fit my uh, my theology growing up, to fit my, my mom's theology or something like that. No, I'm going to make it all, I'm going to make myself completely adjust to it. Okay, no private interpretation. How many understand that if you were to accurately interpret what any person says, or if a person writes a book, or if a person says something, if you want to interpret what I'm saying, you don't uh, necessarily go to Richard and ask him what I meant. Hmm. I mean, if he knew me really, really well, he might be able to explain. But, but that's just typically not the best way to find out what one person means is you go to another person. No, if you want to interpret something accurately, you go to the same person. Okay, in other words, if, if, they're, if it's a writing and they wrote one sentence, you might want to look at any other sentences they wrote to see what their thought is. You might want to look at other things they did, or if someone writes a book and they have another book, well, you might want to read the other book, as opposed to go to a third party's book and say, I see what they meant. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen a religious cult do that with the Bible? Yeah, it's, it, it, for one, it's incorrect. Secondly, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever in any kind of um, legitimate interpretation. You don't read what... Uh, you don't read the Bible and go to another book to find out what the Bible means. Right. Amen. Amen. Where do you go? To the Bible. You stay within the book. Yeah. And within that, of course, we know there's interpretive uh, skills that should be employed. It's called stay within the same book first. Then stay within the same testament. You know, and there's different things that you want to do inside of the Word of God so that we have accurate interpretation as opposed to some other interpretation. Amen. And so, uh, again, it doesn't make any sense to go outside to, uh, to, to try to figure out what, some, what the Lord meant. And, uh, and that's called a private interpretation. It's, it's, it's called being very loose with it, and we get away from the intended purpose of what God wanted to say. Amen. Sometimes, sometimes you've seen that happen. Uh, uh, that's why it's, I'm thankful for we can go to the source. But you know, uh, you've seen this happen before where you, you select a group of people and they all get in a line or in a circle and you whisper it in the ear of the first person and you tell them, you know, a couple sentences or a little short mini story. And, uh, and then you have them repeat that to the next person and them repeat it to the next person and only, the, only one person can hear it at a time and then you get to the last person and you find what? You find a different story, don't you? I mean, frequently you'll find... Uh, I mean, obviously, if it's real complex, you don't want to throw any stones. It's like it's hard to remember. But sometimes people take license to change. Hmm? Because, you know, when you said dog, they had in their mind... Uh, pit bull <laughs> and so they may have described the dog a little bit and you know and it changed along the way and someone else took a little bit further license to add their own colorful metaphors and interpretation to uh, to that story 
And people are doing that with the Word of God, too. Doing that with every, uh, with scriptures that God has brought forth is it gets, it gets changed. And uh, our commitment needs to be to change, not to change. <laughs> to change us, not to change the Word. Amen. What has the Lord said? What has the Lord done? What has the Lord spoken to us? What has the Lord said to you? Okay. And so uh, it's not of any private interpretation. Uh, verse 21, for prophecy never came by the will of man. So again, he's saying this didn't originate with man. Man didn't just decide to prophesy. And he's talking about the written scriptures. He said, man didn't just decide to do this and come up with something. He said, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. What did they do? They spoke as they were moved by the Spirit of God. Does the Holy Spirit still move people today? Amen. He does. That's the way that God gets things accomplished in the earth, is He will move on people. He will move. Does anybody have an Amplified Bible? Where, where was it? Second Peter? Chapter 1. <laughs> it says, uh, For no prophecy ever originated because some man willed it to, uh, to do so. It never came by human impulse. But men spoke from God who were born along, moved and impelled by the Holy Spirit. And so, and so what, what happens is, is God will come and uh, he will move on people. He will impel them, as that word said, uh, to do different things. And that's why we have prophetic words. God came along and moved on somebody and they spoke or they wrote as he moved on them. I don't think I need to be too concerned of whether God is going to move on people because in one sense other than a willingness which should exist in us uh, God is going to move on people I just need to be prepared to allow myself to be moved alright I need to be able to be pliable or movable in the hands of God you know the scripture says about Samson that when he was a young child, the, the, that God began, the Spirit began to move on him. Remember, he was anointed in a very special and unique way. But uh, the Spirit of God began to move on him even when he was young. And, and you might be able to identify, I, I bet if we were to ask around, some people would identify times in their lives, some even when you were children, where, uh, where the Spirit of God would move on you. And, and, and you would sense that God moved on you to do things, to say things. Sometimes this happens in people's lives before they get saved as children, and then they grow up and, you know, they, the commandment comes, sin revives, and they die. They get, they get out from, uh, uh, from what God wants them to do, and then later on when they get born again, then these things come back, okay? The Spirit of God begins to move on them again, uh, but maybe you could identify times in your life where God has moved on you. I'm telling you, watch, watch for it. Watch for it because God still moves on people because that's how 
he gets his will accomplished. That's how his purposes are established in your life, in my life, uh, in the earth today. God just doesn't come in and do it. He comes in and moves on a person to position and arrange their life so they're right in the right place at the right time. And God is able to, in his all-knowing ability, and, you know, he's uh, got a good perch, you know, to direct the body of Christ, the army of God, for everyone to be in the right place at the right time. And how many understand, in, in any kind of uh, mission that a, an army or a country might have, they've got to follow the strategy. And they've got to have order. They've got to have people in the right place at the right time. And, and if everyone continues to resist orders and to just kind of do their own thing, how many know that could be a mess? <laughs> That's chaos. You're not going to win any battles, not going to protect anything, not going to get anything accomplished until everyone starts waiting until, in our example here now, they're moved upon. And when the Spirit of God moves upon you, what might He move you to do? Well, we know He moves people to speak, right? I think that's one of the primary things that He moves us to do. He'll move us to speak. He'll move on you at times to speak in prayer. He'll move at times for you to speak in worship. He'll move on you to speak to other people. He'll move on you to call somebody, to send an email. He'll move on you to begin a conversation with someone that you wouldn't normally talk to at times. What do, what do we do? Well, do we squeeze God into our deal here where maybe his plans are cropped out? Or do we expand and adjust to, to allow the move of God to happen in our lives. Because, listen, when we speak frequently uh, about God moving, the Spirit of God moving, first I'm glad that He's not idle. He's a moving God. But in order for God to move, there's got to be someone who will be moved. He will move on someone. But understand, the enemy, the devil, is one who drives. He's, he, he's standing behind, uh, behind the sheep with a whip. But the Lord is our shepherd. He will lead us. And so when the Spirit of God moves on a person, it's not forced. It's not that he's going to drive you or, or compel tell you or you know force us to do something he's going to move on us and then it's up to us what am I going to do with this am I going to act on this am I going to try to squeeze it into my framework of thinking into my mold of acceptable and non-acceptable or am I going to say this is God moving on me wow I have never done this before <laughs> mm, this is kind of a new area this is a little bit uncomfortable for me <laughs> But it's God moving on me, so here we go. Ready to step out. That's when, and that's only when, God's purposes begin to be accomplished in our lives and in our midst. Amen. And so our hearts 
being open and willing to be moved by him is of vital importance. But let's look over at Acts chapter 20. The move of God's Spirit. He will move on you. He'll move on you. He'll move on you sometimes in the night. He'll move on you sometimes in unexpected parts of your day. And He'll move on you in here. He'll move on you in services. And God will move on people again to do various things. Sometimes it's in relationship to their call. There are some things He'll move on all of us to do. Some things He'll move on some of us to do, but not others. You know, again, he's never moved on me necessarily to, to use the donkey's jawbone to go take out any Philistines. <laughs> but he moved on Samson. <laughs> right? I, I have not yet picked up a big gate and <laughs> uh, done some of the things that, that, that have happened by different people. But I will say he's moved on me. He's moved on me at times in, in, that are pretty normal, somewhat normal, you know. <laughs> I mean, in services, moved on me in worship, and I was moved by him. Oh, and it gets so good when you're moved by him. I mean, don't get me wrong. We don't have to wait necessarily and just sit around and do nothing until we feel God moving. We've got a, a more sure word of prophecy. We've got his word that we can act on at any time, and he's always moving in conjunction with his word. But there'll be times as you're going along, just doing your thing, that he'll move on you. Sometimes it's unexpected times. It's like, wow, all of a sudden. You know, kind of like the day of Pentecost. And suddenly, <laughs> there was the sound of a rushing mighty wind. Suddenly, everyone's heads on fire. <laughs> you know, cloven tongues of fire sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. What happened? Be they began. Who began? They began. They were moved and they allowed themselves to be moved. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Oh, what a move of God. Anybody ever experienced that move of God? Yeah? One, two, good, three, good. Yeah, yeah. Some of you are not being moved. And let me, say, and let me say this while we're on that. <laughs> Jokingly, but serious at the same time. You know, we laugh about stuff. Be movable by God. Amen. Yes. Don't be stiff in any way. Don't fit God into your brain. Fit your brain into Him. Let your brain be molded. Let your, uh, let, let your emotions be touched. Let your body be moved. Don't be quick to be non-responsive. When the Spirit of God moves on you, be moved. We don't, we don't want to be emotional basket cases. We don't want to be led by emotions. We're not led by emotions. How many know we're led by the Word, by the, our decisions based on God's principles, uh, not just by the Word, or, uh, not just by our circumstances and what we feel? However, can the Lord use 
someone's emotional realm. Again, I don't think, you know, the Lord wants this out of us. Where we're just, praise God. I live for Him. Let's all lift our hands and praise the Lord. Praise you. I mean, it's just not real. It's not, it's not where we live. It's really not the way God is. I mean, I think sometimes we might imagine Him being that way, that He's real stiff and somber, but our Bible tells us He laughs, He sings. I, 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 I bet He has a time. Yeah? And, and when it comes to our lives, we should be movable. Now, not movable off of uh, our commitments to Him, you know, like the tree planted by the water. I shall not be moved. You can't understand the context of things. My commitment to Him never moved. I'm planted in the house. Planted in Him. Always going to be there. Always going to live for Him all of my days. But there are other areas that the Lord wants me to be movable in. Amen. So let me encourage you to, tonight. Be responsive. Be responsive to Him when you're all alone. When you're praying, when you're reading your Bible, let yourself be moved by Him. Respond to Him openly, verbally. Respond to Him emotionally. I know some might have a hard time with that thing, and you want me to be emotional? <laughs> I don't want your emotions to be off limits to the Lord. Like He can't make you happy. Amen. I agree. <laughs> you know, like they say sometimes, notify your face. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, my <laughs> I have a merry heart. It's just, no, the Bible says a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. All right. But sometimes we've been raised to be a certain way. Sometimes guys are like this. We've been We've been raised to think, you know, if you're a real man, you can't really show any emotion. You can't laugh or, you know, especially in church, you don't want to act like you're having a good time. And that's cultural baggage. It is. You don't find it in the Word of God that that's the way it is. We've picked it up. We've been trained. We've been taught that this is a picture of manhood or something or, or whatever it is. Or we've believed the lie. Well, that's just not you. That's just not the way I that's just not the way I was raised. That's not my personality. That's not this, that, or the other. Listen, aren't we in this thing because God changed us? You say, well, that's spiritual. <laughs> Absolutely it is spiritual, but that's just the beginning. My spirit has changed so that my body can be used by him. And I'm not going to take my mind off the off the uh, you know the table here. God wants to use my mind. He wants to help me think. And He wants me to be excited and happy and be able to be moved emotionally. Amen. Not led by the emotions, but led by Him. Sometimes I've seen people, well, we've had some times when I, uh, I've ministered to people, laid hands on them, and tears flow. And it was inspired by God. I mean, God moved on them, and He was working something in them, but... Uh, that's the way it needed to come out. And it was necessary 
that when they did that, things changed. But sometimes we get in this thing where we want to, I'm not going to be moved by anything or anybody. I don't want to act like I really like it. I don't want to act like I'm upset. You know, I'm just, uh, mm. be movable. Be responsive. Can I give you a little bit more pastoral advice? <laughs> when your pastor asks for a response in a service, respond. You might think it's no big deal, but it really does reveal sometimes a callousness to people. It's where you can't get them to respond to anything. You know, let's praise the Lord. <sighs> praise the Lord. Come on now. Now, if we were t- telling you to do all kinds of crazy things, you know, that obviously weren't inspired, well, you probably wouldn't come. You know, I mean, you got to have some degree of trust in the leadership. It doesn't mean leadership's infallible or anything like that. But we've we've got to lean towards being responsive, to being movable, where God will move on us and we'll move because God will move on us in corporate times like this. He'll move us through other people. If it's a time to shout, you be shouting. Hmm. If it's a time to cry, you get to crying. <laughs> Not that we, ever, we don't ask people just to cry. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Be movable by Him. Amen. By Him. Be changeable. We're adjusting. We're learning. We're growing. I want God to move in my life. Some people say, I want God to use me. But then when it comes to a, a, a service time, we get together and, uh, you know, a, a call for some type of response is given. And it's just kind of, huh? Ho-hum. Hmm. I'm telling you what, what we're doing is we're acting like we're living like God is not really here. Hmm. I think there's a moose club or something around the corner. I don't know what they do there, but you might want to check it out. But when you're in church, you got to believe that God is there. That's kind of required. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of one of our, the main motivations that we have to gather because we're doing it in His name. That He has really changed our lives and He lives in us. And when we get together, He likes it. When we get together, He moves corporately. And things are accomplished in us that would not be happening any other place. And so we come ready to be moved. Amen. And some of that moving is just being responsive to Him. You speak back to Him. You acknowledge what He says. Isn't that the worst thing, to not be acknowledged? You walk into your own house and nobody even says hi. (laughs) Maybe they look at you. Maybe not. (laughs) I mean, no, people just appreciate being recognized, acknowledged. So does the Lord. How it changes our demeanor. How it changes our response time. If we really believed that Jesus was here. 
And I'm kind of thinking he said that he was, which makes it true, which means he's here. Hmm. Which means that he's speaking through people, he's moving in our lives, and that when I choose to respond to something, I'm responding to him and not just a man. Remember, a friend of mine used to say this sometimes when we'd worship God. He would lead worship some, and he'd say, he'd have people close their eyes and kind of draw a circle around. All right, maybe that was someone else. Anyway, but he had people just in their imagination, just said, just imagine that Jesus is right before you as you worship him. And it would get their minds basically in tune to reality. That he really is there. Huh? And us knowing that, man, I think it lifts up the respect level. Because if, if, if the Lord Jesus were to physically walk in here and we all saw, had a discerning of spirits, open vision, and he were to come in here and he said, uh, you know, he gave us all instruction. All right, let's all get down, down on our knees. I bet not a person would stay in the seat. Let's all just get down on our knees. But I have a feeling that uh, I might have to work the crowd. <laughs> and I know someone's thinking, well, you're not Jesus. <laughs> True, but listen, we're, uh, you know, God uses people to direct things at times. And as you know, we're not crazy here. I'm not asking people to do goofy things. But when the Spirit of God is leading us to go a certain way, man, respect it as if the Lord told you personally. Because maybe He did. Amen. When it's time to be quiet before the Lord, don't let your mind go to Walmart. <laughs> now, we've all been there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not throwing any stones because some of it's a discipline issue and, you know, our minds are going a thousand ways. But if the Lord Jesus stood in front of you, you wouldn't be thinking about Walmart <laughs> or the game that you're going to watch after service or something like that. Thank you, Lord. Well, God is good. He wants us to be able to be moved by Him. He moved. This is so incredible. This is the way that He got us the Bible. This is, this is the method that he chose to give us the written word of God. He moved on someone. And they spoke and they wrote. And, and we have the written word of God today. It's his preferred method of getting things done in the earth. He finds a person and he moves on them. And if they respond, things get done. If they acknowledge his moving, acknowledge his presence, acknowledge what he wants to do, things get done. If they don't, if they resist, not much happens. But the Lord will move on you. He'll move on you to do things, to say things, to act certain ways. So, you know, things that are in, in relationship to the call and the plan he has for your life. He'll move you to serve. He'll move, move on you to go to school. He'll move on you to to take a job, to meet a person, to get in a relationship. He'll move on you to make a purchase, to not make a purchase. You know what I'm saying? He'll move on you at times. I'm not saying every minute of the day you're going you're gonna to sense God moving on you where, it's, where you would describe it that way, but be ready when He does. 
because that's what he does and that's how he that's how he does it that's how he gets things done he moves on people don't take it lightly did we read acts let's do that is the lord moving on you to read acts right now <laughs> now i know some could take this extreme it sounds i don't know if it sounds maybe too authoritarian but I'm not that way if you know me. I'm not trying to, you know, push people around or make them do stuff. But I am talking about being yielded to the Lord. I am talking about being being movable, being pliable in, in His hand. And, uh, you know, sometimes, just a side note, that we'll just use this by way of illustration. Sometimes when you, uh, when you pray for a person through the laying on of hands and you minister to them, whether it's for healing or something like that, you can tell that they're non-movable. They're very stiff. And it's not just physical, but sometimes it manifests in physical. You know, it's the idea, bless God, I'm not going to be, you know, they, maybe they saw someone else fall under the power, and bless God, they're not going down. And so they're kind of braced. And, you know, not that falling is the, the deal, but sometimes a person's internal <clears throat> causes them to resist the power of God, the move of God in their life, because they're so focused on, I'm not going to have this physical manifestation that some people have. I want to take this approach with the Lord in all things. I am yielded. If I end up on the floor, I like the floor floor is it I'm all about the floor I'm a floor guy <laughs> if I end up you know with tears I'm a crier <laughs> I like to cry Woo-hoo. whatever I just want God if I end up laughing my face off and being so full of joy that my gut hurts I'm laughing so hard that's that's who I am and start identifying with the move of God more than who I am well, this is me. I don't act this way. It's time to start acting that way. And you might find a lot of breakthroughs happen in your life when you get out of that that guarded shell. That that guarded, this is who I am. All right, Acts. Chapter 20 or so. Yeah, it is 20. Uh, verse 24 Paul said here but none of these things move me none of these things move me now what he was talking about of course people came to him telling him and prophesying to him and talking to him about the some of the negative things that were going to happen basically trying to convince him not to go to Jerusalem and, and do what he uh, believed God wanted him to do and his response to that stuff was I'm not going to be moved. Is there times when we should not be moved? Depends on what we're talking about. Yeah, there's times when people or circumstances will try to get you moved away from God's will, away from God's plan. And in reality, being moved by that is being stiff towards God. 
I want to be pliable in God's hand, not necessarily pliable in everyone else's hand that I know, where I can be so easily influenced or so gullible to be swooped into any kind of activity that may have nothing to do with God. So there are times in our lives where we are going to take a stand and bless God. I am not going to be moved. When you know something's right, when you know something's true, when the when the word of the Lord has come to you, whether it's a, a you know a promise or whether it's a directive from Him, when you know that God has spoken to you, you take your stand and say, I will not be moved. I am not going to bend in this. The pressure may be on. The pressure may be on financially, may be on with, with friends and family to get you to act a certain way. But no, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I've taken my stand. I've drawn the line. The dice have been rolled. And, uh, and I'm not going to be moved away from my commitment to Him and to do His will. Amen. And so there is a standing firm. There, 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 is, a, there is a being strong in the Lord, being strong to do His will, a, a commitment that's, that says, I will not back down. I will not bend in the face of this storm, but I stand firm for Him. And I'm telling you, that kind of stance is a person that can have a move of God in their life. He's someone that God, that, that person is someone that God can trust to do right with what he's given them. Father, we just thank you tonight for what you're doing in our lives. We commit our way to you. We yield our lives as vessels you can use and flow through. We so seek and desire a move of your spirit in our midst in our church, in our families, in our homes. But Lord, we know that it's necessary for you to be able to move on us. To move us. To do and to say and to be. And so Lord, in any, any and every way that we have missed you in the past we've tried to squeeze your plans into our preconceived mindset we've tried to squeeze your word give it our own interpretation so it would fit within the framework of our lives lord today we set that aside we say lord we're ready to we're ready to be molded we're ready for our thoughts, our, our, our thinking, our minds to be renewed, to fit your word. Lord, we're ready to offer ourselves as vessels that you can use. Lord, tonight in this service, tomorrow on the job, in the home, at the school, in the neighborhood, at the gym, on the golf course, wherever we go, in all that we do, we offer our lives as vessels that you can move through. Move on us, Lord, and we'll speak. Move on us, Lord, and we'll prophesy.
Move on us, Lord, and we'll dance and run. Move on us, Lord, and we'll sing new songs. Lord, move on us and we'll share with one. We'll share with another. Move on us and we'll give. Lord, we'll offer our lives to you. Move on us and we'll go here. We'll make this decision. Move on us and we'll go there. We trust you. We value the moving of your spirit more than anything else in this world. And I sense in my spirit there's been the, there's been the, uh, the desire for some to go higher. There's, there's, there's been a heart's cry for some to go, as we say, deeper in the things of God. You've cried out and you've, you've longed, hungered for more. And there's a reason you've wanted more is because there's more there. There's a reason you've, you've cried out. There's been a longing because there is a move of God's Spirit that awaits you. There is a depth of revelation and understanding that is before you. And that longing and that desire is being filled as the Spirit of God moves on you. And you give place. You give priority to that move. Thank you, Lord. We invite it. Lord, we welcome it. We offer our lives to you. Thank you, Lord, for moving in every life today. Say it out loud today. Move in me. Have your way in me, Lord. I offer my life to you. I give it all to you. Spirit, soul, and body. Move on me. And I'll yield. I won't resist you. I won't resist you anymore. I yield myself to you. Thank you, Lord. Now fresh filling. Now fresh empowerment. Thank you, Lord. Say it out loud. I receive every good and perfect gift that comes from above. I receive from you, Lord, empowerment, enablement, your spirit within me to do all you've called me to do. I am moved by you, and I am moved indeed. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let me encourage you in this. Uh, sometimes God will move you and it'll seem small. Sometimes He'll move you and you'll think, well, this is not a big deal. It's those small things that prepare us for big things. Remember, Scripture, Jesus uh, taught if you're faithful with little, you'll also be faithful with much. Be faithful to be moved in what may seem small or insignificant to you at the time. Allow yourself to be moved to do minor things. Because it might not be so minor. God moving on a person to pray can be a big step in your life. God moving on a person to, uh, to give a small amount or to go say hi to somebody. I'm just saying... Don't minimize anything that God is moving on you to do or to say. 
make it important because these things add up and they add up and they add up. And before you know it, God's moving on you somewhat in some bigger areas. Amen. My vision is, is, is large for a move of God's spirit. But I'm thankful I'm not where I used to be a number of years back. I've come, I've come a long ways. Why? I've allowed myself to be moved. I'm telling you, there's, there's, there's purpose in it. There, there's a final result. Don't cast your own interpretation on what he's moving you to do. There's somewhere he wants you to be. He wants to take you somewhere. And he sees the whole picture. Okay? He sees what's down there at the end of the road. But if we won't even turn onto the road, how's he going to get us over here? Say, I just want to be there. (laughs) Beat me up. Beat me over there. He'll move on us. He'll move in your life. Make it all important. Amen. If it's God, you want it. If it's God and it's little bitty tiny small in your head, make it be the most important thing in your life at that moment. Amen. Well, I can tell God's speaking to us. I can tell God's doing some things. And uh, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. Because I take this as a word to me too. I do. I know it came out of me, but I didn't know it was all going to come out like this. And uh, I take it as a word to me. I'm listening. I want to be moved by Him. I want to allow our church to be movable. Not just in the physical sense. We want that too. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> to be movable by Him. Lord, is there something we're doing we shouldn't be doing? Because we're stopping. There's some things we're supposed to be doing that we're not doing yet. We're starting. That's my commitment. We're going to be pliable in His hand. Amen. Movable. Amen. And from that, we will not be moved. (laughs) Hallelujah.